It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Good morning and welcome to the Lakers Lowdown. I'm Nick here on the show. You know what? We have a day off here in between games. The Lakers to, uh, play tonight, though. They do play the Phoenix Suns, so I guess we'll preview some of that as well. But you know what? It has been such an insane season from Anthony Davis so far this year that I honestly just want to like sit back and enjoy it. So we're going to appreciate Anthony Davis. That'll be the, the, the opening and the opening segment of this show. We're going to talk a little bit about the latest as it pertains to the Lakers trade rumors that are out there. Um, some latest on the injuries uh, as the Lakers, uh, you know, deal with their, their bumps and bruises and maladies. And then, like I said, we, if there's time, we will spend some time on the uh, Phoenix Suns game. Uh, that they will be playing here in a matter of hours by the time you guys are listening to this. So Anthony Davis on the season, averaging 25 points. No, where's this? Where, all right, here we go. Yeah, 25.7 points a game. He's shooting 56.2% point, uh, from the field. 36% from three-point range, 80% from the free-throw line, 81% from the free-throw line. He's grabbing 12 boards a game. He is averaging three-and-a-half assists a game. He's blocking two-and-a-half two and blocks. Uh, he's getting two-and-a-half block shots per game, shade over a steal a game. He has been absolutely incredible, and most notably... The Lakers have played 38 games this year, and he has played in 36 of them. Uh, over his last 10 games, though, this is some special stuff. He's averaging 30 points a game, playing 38 minutes a game. That needs to come down. Uh, but he's playing 30, or he's scoring 30 points a game. He's grabbing 11 boards a game, four and a half assists, 
two and a half blocks, basically a steal and a half. Um, he is shooting 60% from the field. He is shooting almost 40% from three-point range. And again, still 80% from the free throw line. The guy has been incredible. And, you know, you look at the impact stats, and, and this is where, you know, it's worth looking into it a little more. But, you know, it's on-off numbers. It wouldn't necessarily blow you away. And to me, that's that's kind of, it, it says a lot about on-off numbers, right? Um, the fact that AD is currently carrying a net rating of only, you know, plus 0.2 points per 100 possessions, um, that to me says more about that stat than anything. You could dig into it and we could find some reasons for why that might be going on. The Lakers have, uh, I thought, strapped him with some pretty dumb lineups at the starts of games. Um, and then the thing with bad starting lineups is that they usually start the third quarter as well. And then you wind up closing with some of those groups as well. Um, so I think that is a part of why the on-off numbers don't like jump off of the screen at you. But if you ask anybody who has watched the Lakers play this year, they'll say the Lakers defense is basically, hey, if we make a mistake, it's a good thing we have that pterodactyl back there. And he'll clean it, he'll clean it up. And the fact that he's doing that defensively, and then also coming down on the other end of the court and absolutely dominating on the other end um, to the tune of, like I said, over his last, you know, 10 games, 30 points, 11 boards, four and a half assists, two and a half blocks, uh, basically a steal and a half on really good shooting numbers. The fact that he's that good offensively and <laughs> this great defensively, if the Lakers were like, six games better he's in the mvp conversation the lakers were six games better he's in the defensive player of the year conversation he is having an incredible season and there is no other way to say it than to you know than to say like his team has kind of let him down all of the other nonsense that has gone on this season has gotten in the way of of really um taking into account the insane season that Anthony Davis is having, whether it's Darvin Ham being a bad head coach, whether it's the rumors about Darvin Ham and how certain people feel about him, um, whether it's the roster, um, though I do think the, the, the roster questions are a little overplayed because I think the guy who is to blame for the way that the Lakers have looked this year is still Darvin Ham. Whether it's, uh, you know, whether it's the, the 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 Lakers' inability to hit jumpers, and the impact that that has on on Anthony Davis, he's passing the ball a lot better out of the post this year than he has. Like one of the things, this is something that Pete and I used to talk a lot about back when we were doing Locked On Lakers, was when he first got to LA, he had some bad habits as a passer, where he would be in the post. And you would watch him. So if you're watching here on, on YouTube, you would watch him and his shoulders would dip one way or the other. And as his shoulders were dip, that's when you would start to see the, the, the more errant passes. Or instead of throwing a skip pass that he should throw, 
because he's off balance with his shoulders not being parallel to the ground, he instead makes an easier pass and thus takes away the, the advantage that is gained by Anthony Davis forcing doubles on other teams. But this year, he's doing a lot better job maintaining balance, getting the ball out there, throwing skip passes with some pace on him and with some purpose. And it's really setting the Lakers up for, for success. And it's nice now that Torian Prince is knocking down some jumpers. And it's nice now that Austin Reeves is in the starting group. You have a couple of guys who should be punishing. Reeves is in a bit of a slump right now. But you have a couple of guys who can punish defenses um, with catch-and-shoot opportunities. That isn't something that D'Angelo Russell likes to do is, is catch-and-shoot stuff. Um, so you have, you have AD playing at this kind of a level. You have AD playing this many minutes. And you've had AD play in this many games. And for the Lakers to just be at 500 right now, you know, that's why there is so much talk of Darvin Ham and the job that he is doing. Because normally you look at this situation and you say, wait, LeBron has played in all but like one or two games. Anthony Davis is playing in all but one or two games. And they're playing like this. And essentially, it's yeah, that's that's what it comes down to is that LeBron and AD are so great that they're able to carry a whole bunch of nonsense around them to the right to the record that the Lakers currently hold. And uh, you know, I, I do hope whether it's a D'Angelo Russell trade, whether it's I, you know, there's a whole bunch of people talking about trading Austin Reeves out there in some reports. Um whether it's, you know, a couple other tweaks that can be made around the roster, whether it's Darvin Ham figuring his stuff out and getting back to being the coach that helped the Lakers go on the run that they did last year, whatever it is, the Lakers need to do a better job taking advantage of the way that Anthony Davis is playing so far this season. He deserves all the credit in the world. He has been absolutely incredible. Um, he is playing like you guys listen to my show, right? For those of you who listen long time, I am always very hard on Anthony Davis, right? And the reason being is I know how talented he is and I know what he's capable of. And when he doesn't live up to that talent and my expectations of him, fair or not, I do kind of roll my eyes. I get a little frustrated. It's like, man, this guy, he's legitimately one of the most talented players I have ever seen. Uh, wear, wear a Lakers uniform, just period. He's seven feet tall. He can handle the ball. He can shoot. He's insanely de uh, impactful defensively. Like this is, when he was drafted, he was the most highly touted young guy since like Tim Duncan. And we know how Tim Duncan's career went. And and so like when I get when I react the way that I do when I don't feel like AD is playing up to expectations, it's because I know he's capable of this. It's because I know like what it looks like when Anthony Davis looks dominant. What he did to the Toronto Raptors last night in the fourth quarter, go back and watch that. I know everybody wants to like spend a whole bunch of time listening to Darko rant and rave about free throws and NBA Twitter wants to spend all their time talking about free throws. AD like quietly dropped 20 plus 21 points in the fourth quarter last night or 20 something points in the fourth quarter last night and was absolutely dominant. And, and throughout the season so far, 
he has had several occasions where he is playing up to that kind of level. So long as he keeps doing this, the Lakers need to figure their shit out so that they could take advantage of it and really build some momentum behind it. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Next thing on the docket here is the trade rumors that are starting to swirl. I am recording this on January 10th. You'll be listening to this on January 11th. And the Lakers will be about, you know, a handful of days away from when the likes of D'Angelo Russell, uh, Austin Reeves, Rui Hachimura, those guys can be traded in, in, you know, in addition to other guys uh, throughout the roster. Uh, same goes for other guys around the league, right? Who, who signed, uh, their contracts this last off season under similar circumstances as D'Lo, Austin and Rui for their respective teams. And like after January 15th, basically in terms of players who are going to be eligible to be traded this year, this is, you know, January 15th is the day when, uh, when everybody is, is, is essentially who can be traded this year will be eligible to be traded, right? So you have an example of Jared Vanderbilt who uh, can't be traded this year because of when he signed his his extension. So you have some some guys like that throughout the league, but uh, from for the Lakers and around the league, January fifteenth signals it's like like that's the 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 gun firing. All right, time to go. This is when trade conversations really ramp up. We have already seen a trade so far this year. Um, so I do kind of wonder if, you know, moving forward, we'll see a little bit less procrastination. That does mean you're going to play, you're going to pay somewhat inflated prices on some of the guys or whatever. Um, but, you know, for for the sake of what we're, the, the conversation we're about to have, the reason I'm having it right now is because we're a few days from this noise really ramping up and we're already starting to see it. Saw Brian Windhorst the other day say that the uh, Lakers would really prefer not to make a big deal this year, um, and certainly one that doesn't involve, or they they would prefer not to involve their or include their uh, only 
first round pick that they can move this season. I think some of this is always going to be posturing and that certainly wasn't the exact kind of thing that I was hoping to hear um, about a a team that currently sits at 500 right now. Uh, You have a, uh, you have, you have some more rumors going out there. Uh, A bunch more people are talking. Matt Moore for the athletic wrote his kind of trade season primer and in it wrote that the Hawks would be willing to send DeJounte Murray to the Lakers, but the Lakers would have to include uh, Austin Reeves. I did some asking around, and and from what I have heard, the Lakers are not interested in moving Austin Reeves um, in almost any deal, but you know, not for DeJounte Murray. I think they kind of view it as a bit of a lateral move. Um, the I you know, in terms of Austin Reeves. I guess some further reporting that I can do on this is that uh, people close to the situation there and uh, people close to Austin are not anticipating Austin getting traded this this season. Uh, you know, the Lakers love having him there. He loves being a Laker. He would love to 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 be a Laker lifer, and the Lakers would love to have him be that. So I think that's worth. I mean, and look, that's what everybody says heading into trade season or whatever again a lot of posturing going on this time of the year but when i i did ask specifically about you know austin and why his name keeps coming up and what i was essentially told is like what other assets are teams going to covet right jalen huchafino doesn't look like he's 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 probably a year or two away from being a year or two away uh you do have some younger guys on this in the organization that i guess the lakers could move you have Max Christie, who I guess the Lakers could move. Um, and and you have the one first-round pick. Obviously, you have a bevy of second-rounders that the Lakers could technically move as well. But in terms of assets, every negotiation that the Lakers have is going to start with, we want Austin. And then it's going to, like, the next thing that you're going to hear in that conversation is, no. And then, And then the conversation goes from there. But uh, as as it stands right now, and the reason I wanted to have this conversation on top of the timing of it all is I know you're going to see Austin's name come up, but whether it's the Lakers or people close to Austin, nobody is expecting or anticipating Austin getting moved. Um, The other reason I wanted to have this conversation uh, right now is D'Angelo Russell. There's, uh, There's a lot going on there. So the Lakers have won two straight. They beat the Clippers, right? Which is always kind of nice to beat little brother. They beat the Toronto Raptors, who've been playing better basketball since the trade. They, uh, you know, kind of rose above the noise and, and you know, seemed to be ready to turn the page. And, and, and you would think that the vibes throughout the organization and, and throughout the locker room would be great, right? Right? They're great, right? In those two games, or after those two games, after those two uh, wins, D'Angelo Russell has pieced out and chosen not to talk to the media. And uh, look, it's his choice. Uh, Eventually, the league is going to step in because it is mandatory. You have to... (coughs) Excuse me. Uh, you do have to make yourself available to the media in those spots. 
And, uh, you know, eventually if he does this long enough, the league is going to say, Hey, you have to, <laughs> you have to do part of your job here. Um, and, and I know that like, you know, there are, for whatever reason, people keep on making excuses for D'Angelo Russell. Like one thing I thought was, has been interesting is D'Angelo Russell finishes a quote by saying like, if you're looking for defense, that's not what I do. Um, now there was other stuff that he said there and there were a bunch of like context qualifiers there. And essentially what he was trying to say maybe is that I, uh, what you're looking for, you know, I try to offset my defense with my offense and I'm trying to work on my defense and, and, and all of that. That's like, if you're being super, uh, gracious to D'Lo. Um, but like, I would imagine if I was his coach, and I heard somebody who was making the amount of money that D'Lo was making say, yeah, defense, not really my thing. I'm like, okay, well, uh, playing time, not really your thing either. And we've seen his role diminish, and he has not liked that. Um, based off of what I've heard, uh, stuff that's going on behind the scenes, the tension has been there. Hell, I could even say that the tension dates back to last season between D'Angelo Russell and the Lakers, where... There were some games that the Lakers anticipated D'Lo playing in um, while they were fighting, scratching, clawing to get back into the playoff um, or play-in situation. And he sat out a bunch of games that the Lakers, like he worked out in the morning, and the Lakers thought that he was going to go, and then he didn't. And so, like, you know, and this is, you know, the, this is a Lakers organization that, traded D'Angelo Russell in the past. When he signed his contract, he waived his uh, no-trade clause at the time of signing. That's very unique. The reason he did so is because when he signed that contract, the Lakers immediately canvassed the league, per sources, they canvassed the league and tried to find a deal to see what they could get for him and didn't like what the return was going to be. So I said, all right, cool. We'll just enter the season next year with him on the roster. All right. So go into this season starts the year playing. I think, okay, pretty well outplaying Austin Reeves. Austin really struggled at the beginning of the year. And when the decision was made to split those two up, the late uh, Darvin ham, I think correctly went with D'Angelo Russell. Uh, would stay in the start starting lineup just based off of the way the two guys were playing. Russell learned it, right? He was a better player at that time. And, uh, you know, notably the rumors started to swirl and you had Zach Levine sitting there next to Rich Paul wearing the LA hat. Levine for years now has wanted to be a Laker for years he has wanted to be a Laker. Um, and when those rumors started swirling, D'Lo started to kind of check out because it was a reminder, oh, yeah, that's right. That's where this is heading. And, uh, you know, so so he's he back then, it, December starts. He starts playing really poorly. In December, all of his counting numbers, all of his efficiency numbers were down. He was not defending very well. He was not playing with a bunch of uh, energy. And he gets hurt. When he gets hurt, when he comes back, he doesn't get back his starting gig, right? 
and uh, or or even before that, he gets benched and then he got hurt. So he got benched because of how poorly he was playing. And the thinking back then was, yeah, Austin's just going to go start, right? And then you got the whole wing lineup thing, and that didn't work out very well. And then D'Lo gets hurt. Austin goes into the starting group. D'Lo and another guy get hurt. Uh, I think it was Cam. Austin steps into the starting lineup. He is now a starter. D'Lo is now a bench guy. And um, and I don't think D'Lo likes it. I, I know D'Lo doesn't like it. He's He's been a starter his entire life. He's a second overall pick. Um, and it's a little early in his career for him to now be seen, at least by the Lakers, as a bench guy. So even though, by the way, by the way I think bench second unit runner is a perfect role for D'Angelo Russell, but that's neither here nor there. He doesn't see it that way. And I think now that we are a a handful of days away from him being trade eligible, I think he is just kind of counting down those days. Mother's day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I I don't think he wants to be a Laker much longer. Um, Or if he is going to be a Laker... He wants a brand new like recommitment from the organization that involves probably a larger role. The problem is if you are going to be coming off of the bench and you acknowledge that if the team needs to stop, you are not the person to look towards, uh, which fine, like you could be honest. Such thing is too much honesty though. Um, but if, if you're, if that's how you see yourself and that's how you're telling the coaching staff to see you as well, and you're coming off of the bench, like, of course you're going to be sitting at 17 minutes is too low. Don't get me wrong. But, like, I don't know how many more minutes than that he's going to be able to get uh, given given the circumstances around. They don't want to play him and Austin together because that has not worked out so far this year. So if they aren't going to be playing him next to Austin and he's not starting games and he isn't closing games, where are those minutes going to come from? And I think he sees that. I think the Lakers see that. And I think both sides are just kind of like, look, let's just be amicable. Let's make this work. And then we'll see what your trade market looks like. Problem is, per reports now, trade market for D'Angelo Russell isn't great. And so I started asking around as well, and, and I heard the same thing. The problem that teams, teams see D'Angelo Russell, and it's like, well, he's too old to see any kind of like potential with and he's maybe too young to want to play the role that makes the most sense for him and he's not consistent enough to be a starting point guard in the NBA I think he's talented enough but I don't think he's consistent enough and you could say well all right, maybe he isn't ta- he isn't consistent enough to start on a good team. That's fine. But most bad teams have a young point guard that they want that to get reps. 
and they want around a vet who is going to be there and teach that player to be professional. And when you have a quote in your recent history saying, I don't, defense isn't really the thing I do, teams aren't, <laughs> teams aren't going to be over the moon to bring that kind of guy in. So it's all kind of a mess. And, and uh, I don't know what the Lakers would be able to turn him to. I think he's, he's plus value on his contract. It's a, it's a very movable contract. And I, I still think he is worth like kind of dollar for dollar that deal. Uh, how much longer he'll be worth money in that range is a very different conversation. But for right now, I think he is worth the, 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 the money, the, the, the price range that he currently is sitting at. So it's not like a Zach Levine situation where teams are looking at that contract and saying, no, nah, he's not worth – Zach Levine isn't worth three-quarters of that contract per year, maybe even half in terms of impact that he has on winning. And Zach is, is signed for so long that how do you hold that guy accountable? D'Lo is signed to a short-term deal where I think he's making very reasonable money and like as such is a movable asset. You don't have to attach a pick to him to get him back to, you know, square one. And, uh, Oh, look at that. Nikola Jokic committed a flagrant foul again. That guy being dirty. No way. Never seen that before. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm watching, I'm watching and, and paying attention to this market because I know where this is probably heading and, and D'Lo is a guy that if the Lakers are going to make an upgrade, he is the, the player that they need to upgrade with. And, uh, you know, un unfortunately here for the Lakers around the league, he's in that kind of gray area where again, he's not a, a, he's not young. And he's also not great. He's good, but he's not great. And he's inconsistent. And he's kind of a tough personality for locker rooms to get along with. Again, earlier in the season, when things were going better, there were there were there was like some locker room frustration with D'Angelo Russell. Like that, <laughs> this he he's kind of a tough guy to get along with. He's a very unique guy. And I think some of this is painted by his experiences. He is who he is because of the experiences that he's had in the NBA. But regardless, that like that's you still have to deal with him. And he's kind of difficult sometimes. So um, yeah, I don't mean to shit on the guy. I I I really don't. I sincerely hoped coming into the year that he would play well enough, consistently enough, to force the Lakers into keeping him that's just not how it played out all right before we go some housekeeping here regarding the lakers uh and their injury situations the latest injury report came out rui hachimura is still considered doubtful to play in tonight's game against phoenix and uh i he's getting closer from what i've been able to grasp he is uh, making a he's made progress. The problem with uh, soft tissue injuries and he's dealing with a calf strain um, is like they, some days you wake up, feels great. 
Some days you wake up, doesn't feel that great. Some days you stretch and you go through your workout and all that stuff and you come out of <coughs> come out of come out of that workout feeling amazing. Other days you go through what feels like not even as strenuous a workout and you just I don't know why I don't feel great right now. Um, the other thing too with calf strains in particular, right? They are right near that that Achilles tendon, and it's very easy to kind of intertwine the two right uh and and from the athlete's perspective when they're going through their workouts and that region feels tight you start to worry about blowing that because that is a year away from the sport so you have to be very careful there and the lakers have been but i am told that he is uh making progress and we should start you know in, in the next i would say week or so um and 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 hopefully within a week you will start to see Rui go from doubtful to questionable. And then from there you go to like the game time decision stuff. Cam Reddish is considered questionable with a face laceration. This surprises me. And the way that this has all been handled really surprised me. Cam got hit on the jaw. And anybody who has ever watched boxing has seen somebody get knocked out by getting hit on the jaw, right? Because when you get knocked out, it's one thing to get hit in the middle of your face where the whole head can kind of move in tandem. It's also like a you have that cheekbone that's really hard there. It's it's like in the center of your face and, and up, it is, you're, you're, those bones are really, really strong and there isn't as many moving parts there. With your jaw, you do have some moving parts there when you get hit in your jaw, you see your head starts to twist. When your head starts to twist and your brain starts to shake up there, that's when you start to run into some of those concussions. That's how, you know, that's how boxers get knocked out via the jaw is, is, is the, mo the, the motion that it forces your head to make one way or the other. And what really stuck out to me is Cam gets hit hard enough to lacerate his face but then he reaches up here and he's grabbing the top of his head. And it really stuck out to me. Like I have had multiple concussions over my life and you grab the top of your head to like, stop it from basically vibrating is, is essentially what you're, what you're trying to do is like, you can feel the bells ringing and you're like, Oh, you're trying to like stop it, you know? And it's crazy to see in the injury report, no mention of a concussion. We have not seen any mention of concussion protocols or anything like that. Um, I, it'd be great if he avoided it, but I, I do still think we suck at concussion stuff. And, um, you know, I hope that everything is actually being done to monitor that aspect of this. And uh, if it is just a, a, a face laceration, usually that just means like how comfortable are you with going out there with the notion and the possibility that you might split that thing open again? So um, that is, that's what we, and then I could give you an update on, on Gabe, but there is no update. Like he's, he's still out for a while. Um, all right. That is, I think going to do it as far as the injuries go. And let's talk really quickly about the Phoenix game in a few hours. So just picture this. Picture the stories that would be written had the Lakers lost to the Clippers and lost to the Toronto Raptors. And you have Frank Vogel, the guy who you fired 
to eventually hire Darvin Ham. Uh, it would be super awkward. So thank God you're avoiding that. Uh, the 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 Suns so far this year have a, have been underwhelming, even beyond the fact that they haven't had their three guys together very often. Um, I don't think Frank has done a particularly great job coaching that team. It's crazy to watch their offense just basically come boil down to play after play after play after play of all right, your turn. Is it your turn? Is it my turn? Who who shot the last one? I forget. And uh, you know, that's that's never going to be an effective offense in the NBA. You have Devin Booker who can hold can more than handle his own in the pick and roll. And you have Kevin Durant, who is like the best pick and pop threat that the league has ever seen because of his height. And we just never see it. Um, but regardless, uh, the, you know, the Lakers did win their last two games and you do have some momentum going into this one. It is difficult to beat a team as often as the Lakers have beaten the Suns. So, you know, we'll see what adjustments Phoenix will make having seen so much of the Lakers, but the same goes the other way around. So should be a fun game, should be an entertaining one. It is one that I think the Lakers kind of need to win because of the way that Phoenix has played this year. Um, you are going to have some tougher games on your schedule. It's crazy to think you're going to have many tougher games than against Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. But because of the way Phoenix is playing, the Lakers really need to take advantage of this and take care of business. All right, that is going to do it here for this episode of the Lakers Lowdown. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in, like, for all of our shows. We our, our live audience keeps on growing. Our YouTube audience keeps on growing. Uh, the show with Odyssey, you kind of have to hit a bit of a reset. We haven't even felt that because of the way you guys keep supporting us. I appreciate that a ton. So please keep hitting that subscribe button. Please keep telling your friends about the show. Please keep spreading the word that like, hey, by the way, the information that they're giving out on that show winds up being right pretty often. Um, and the more that this show grows, the more often I can bring on Araj and and, and the, the easier it becomes to hire him um, to be a bigger part of the show. Harrison, Aaron, Pete, uh, I want to make some outside hires as well. So we need this thing to keep on growing to be able to do those things. And I appreciate those who keep supporting in the way that you do. And if you tune in and you like what you hear, do it in your own way as well. So until the next time you guys hear from me, I'm Anthony Irwin saying have a great rest of your day. Make somebody else's. And I will talk to you later tonight on All Access Link.